Thanks for listening to the Woodward Podcast Network. Check out more shows by searching for us on Spreaker or wherever you catch your podcasts. The Woodward Podcast Network with Krupka Dental Associates. Hello, this is Dr. John Krupka from Krupka Dental. We now have the Soleil Laser. You can have your fillings done without needles nor drills. We are a full-service dental office and always accepting new patients. To learn more about me and my friendly team, visit KrupkaDental.com. Attention, please. And now... It's Cutter's Rock Cat. Joining us is Mike from The Violent, which I got to be honest, right. man, is way more hardcore to say than the last band name. Oh, uh, 100%. We couldn't <laughs> believe it wasn't taken, to be honest with you. Oh, I can't. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's weird that nobody would have thought of that. There's Violins, the thrash metal band. Remember that? But. Yeah, and the Violent Femmes. Violent Femmes, of course. Um, from our very own. And that's what it was going to be. It was going to be the violent something we were going to have a, a word after that and i don't remember who said it someone was like why don't we just drop that third word just be the violent and we're like there's no way that's that's not taken and it wasn't so here we are wow well good it works out um i i guess dude because we haven't talked officially since uh the violent has begun since you guys started this project so catch us up i think right right from the start you know um, obviously Red Sun Rising goes away and, and yep. you guys get this going. Yeah. I mean, um, in the razor through the Red Sun Rising years, I mean, you guys have been played a huge part and, you know, especially in, in, uh, the Northern region, uh, for <laughs> the success that we had, honestly, I, I mean, I feel like I saw you at least four times a year at something. I think it was for, it had to be at least, well, between you guys yeah. playing, between you guys playing in Wisconsin uh, or at least somewhere about, uh, and then right. you include all the festivals. Yeah, it had to be at least. Yeah, and uh, so yeah. So first of all, I want to thank you for that and having having us here with this. But yeah, but, of course. You know, as <clears throat> Red Sun Rising 2019. Just you know, quick recap. You know, we started to we did our last like final touring, and um, you know, we just kind of decided that it was time to move on. It was either you know reinvent the band and everyone kind of wanted different things and uh coming to that sort of agreement or starting something new um so you know pat dave and i uh who who were also in red sun rising if you didn't if you didn't realize that um you know we we kind of joked like wouldn't it be fun to just do like a power trio like for fun on the side uh so then when red sun rising was kind of coming to an end you know we're like well now now's the time to do that uh, so we started, I started showing them songs that I had that, you know, potentially could have been Red Sun Rising songs. I don't know. Um, so we started working on them and, uh, you know, it, then the pandemic happened. So it's like, shit, that's all we have to do now. Like we have, we have no excuse not to build this up now. Right. Um, so we just, you know, got to work and through the whole pandemic, we were doing remote sessions. You know, we all lived in different States. So that was a challenge. Uh, but we just started the building um and uh i feel like we've been continuously working like we have so much music done uh just because we have only five songs out is like only the tip of the iceberg we've been like recording that entire time i'm not surprised to hear that uh the songs you do have out the five songs that you do have out and now of course a cover of of doors people are strange and we'll talk about that in a second but the the songs you do have out do have a much darker tone uh, in a much more aggressive tone, I think, than, than Red Sun Rising did. 
Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I think that was always in me. I mean, if you look back at like Emotionless, when we first released Emotionless, you know, that had a little bit more of that darker aggression. And then we kind of moved away from that with the Thread record. Um, but that's always been, you know, my influence was that dark, darker side and that, mm -hmm. that heavier side. And, um, you know, with the pandemic where we couldn't be in a room together and like jam out, like we had to rely on uh, more electronic stuff. So I was, you know, building tracks electronically similar to like how, you know, Trent Reznor would build a track. So I'm sitting in my room with a guitar and like a synthesizer and my vocal mic building tracks that way. And it lent itself to like open up this whole nother world of songwriting for me that I never really got to, you know, experiment with. And that was that was a lot of fun. And I think that's where a lot of the, the tones that you hear come from with with the violent. You know, and I was happy to hear that because towards the end of, of Red Sun and before the announcement of the violent, obviously, you were doing some acoustic shows and I and I thought. I mean, you can sort of see the writing on the wall. I mean, from the outside looking in. Yeah. But I thought, oh man, that's what that's where they're going. They're going to be singer songwriting stuff. We're going to have to tight roll our pants. And we're going to have to get small hats, and uh, <laughs> you know, we're going to have to get. Yeah, a, no fedoras, we're going to have to no get, fedoras, a, get a yeah. mustache with a handlebar, and uh, yeah, you know, we'll have to go see see a <clears> professional <throat> barber with a straight razor. Um, <laughs> no, but seriously, uh, I thought for a minute that where you go because even that sounded incredible. I mean, let's be honest. Thank you. But uh, to go this route, really, it, it really, it didn't throw me off, but it definitely was a pleasant surprise. Well, good. I, I'm happy to hear that because, you know, the, the acoustic shows are fun and I'll still probably do them. Um, and that's probably where I'll get out that itch to play Red Sun Rising songs. Like I'll yeah. probably just go play them through that. Um, maybe sometimes I'll have a band with me or something um, just for, you know, doing some solo stuff or whatever. Um, but the acoustic stuff is you know, you have to have that to appreciate the other thing. And, and without the, the the big energy of like a full band show, I don't think I could just do acoustic for the rest of my life. Like that's something I I'm like ready to do when I'm like 70. Like, I don't need to do that now, you know? Or apparently so, when you're in your early forties, but I digress. <laughs> that's all right. Like, well, like you said, man, you, you scratch that itch to play. So that's, uh, yeah, I've been playing four hour shows with my acoustic, which is, insanely but again weird. again there's there's something special about the acoustic the intimacy of that and the control you have mm -hmm. where it's just you and your instrument and that's that's it like there's there's something beautiful about that also do you feel like doing something like that helps you as a songwriter just you know exploring I, I that other so. avenue i think i think you it's important for every musician to kind of have that side also because you can't hide behind production at that point Mm -hmm. like the melody is either good the lyrics are that have to be good um and you have to have you know it's got to be a good song if you strip it down to just an acoustic um and i think that's a good a good way to test out you know i always do the country the country song method when i'm writing a song if i can still no matter what the production is even if it's heavy if it's like weird if i can still sing like the chorus with a country accent on acoustic guitar it's a good song. You know, it's funny you say that because it, you just reminded me of a conversation I had with a musician when I was probably 17. And the, the band ended up not amounting to, to real much uh, nationally, but there was a local band here in Wisconsin called The Stokens, and they all moved out to Los Angeles, changed their name, and kind of went more hippie, funk, reggae kind of style. Um, 
But I remember the uh, the lead singer and I talking, and we were just kind of plucking around on acoustic guitars at a party at like two in the morning one night, out on a farm in Wisconsin, you know. And uh, sounds awesome. I remember him saying that, like, you know, oh yeah, and there's you know obviously plenty of green stuff going around and all that. But I remember him. I will never forget this. Every time I write, I always write a song on acoustic because if it sounds good on acoustic, you can make it sound good on anything. And if it doesn't sound good on yeah. acoustic, it's a shitty song and throw it away. And I'm like, huh, that's really interesting because you know at the time I'm playing punk rock music, I didn't think about that. Right. So it's, it's funny, it's funny that you like that. even like you know even some of those punk songs like you you really break them down and the, and the melodies are actually like super sped up, but like you know classic punk was so well written like there's some mm-hmm. great melodies in there well, or take, uh, like one of my favorite go ahead bad religion is one of yeah. my favorite punk bands like their melodies are amazing yeah like, i love i love the melodies in that band the, the harmonies the melodies all of it uh social distortion another great example of yeah all that stuff can just be slow I mean, we do one of them I mean, all that stuff can be slowed down and and uh and, and jammed out on an acoustic so that's cool okay so you added the electronic stuff and now you kind of answered my question in regards to that as far as that kind of being a pandemic special. Um, how much uh, experimentation in, in were you kind of able to do and, and dial that back in as you were as you guys were having these uh, sort of Zoom sessions, so to speak? Well, the problem with the Zoom sessions, like as much as it, we were able to work through it, is you don't have that instant gratification or instant um, uh, you know ability to see if something's good or not. So. Mm-hmm it made the process way longer. And I think some things get lost in translation, some good and some bad, because, you know, I may lay, lay down a track, send it to Dave and Pat and be like, Hey, put your ear on this and throw down a drum beat or throw it on a guitar lead on it and then send it back. And then it gets sent back and like, this is cool, but this is weird. And then, it, you know, a few days go by where, where if we were all in a room, we'd like try that. No, that's not it. Move on to the next thing. And then you could accomplish what you would have accomplished in a week in like an hour. Yeah. So, you know, there was that time, like lag time that was frustrating. And sometimes when we got in our own heads, cause we had almost too much time with the parts, you know what I mean? Right. So it's like, you start to overanalyze and overthink things. Um, but, uh, you know, it was definitely an experience and I'm glad we just, you know, worked through it. Uh, it was definitely a learning experience for sure. Now, are you guys working with anybody or just, just the three of you? it started uh, just the three of us. Um, and then uh, we found a guy in Nashville named Albert uh, De Fiore. He did everything that you've heard so far. Uh, he's just like a, uh, you know, self-made producer. Um, he's done a lot of like really cool indie records. Uh, there's this band called Caveman that he, he produced back in the day. If you ever listen to their records, really cool, weird sounds on it and everything. And that's kind of his specialty and kind of what, drew us to him um, because we knew that he would take like a creative approach to the production. Um, and uh, he, he really did. He, he took, you know, the ideas that we had and kind of like enhanced them, but didn't try to change them. He just, okay, that's your idea. Let's make that the best version of your idea possible. And that's, that's what we like about him. That's awesome. So, okay. Talk to me about people are strange. I, cover songs are whatever. I mean, everybody releases a cover song. It feels like, they are what they are. Yeah. Sometimes they're just tribute to the song. Sometimes they're so completely different, it's hard to even recognize the original. This version of The Doors, People Are Strange, almost seems a little bit of both. 
you can kind of hear the original right in the vocal melodies, but what you've done with the music is just so completely different. Um, first of all, why this song specifically, and then how did it get to that point? I've always wanted to do the Doors, like as a as a like a legendary frontman. I think Jim Morrison is just, you know, he's iconic. Mm-hmm. Um, whether you liked the band or not, he was an iconic frontman, um, and. I've always loved the band and the quirkiness of that band. And, you know, we were spitballing ideas of, you know, maybe just doing a cover in the style of what the violent is just to kind of be a tastemaker for people. Um, and, uh, you know, we were talking, throwing a bunch of, of names out there. And when the doors came up, it was like unanimous. It was like, yes, let's do a door sock. We can figure that out. That'd be, that'd be sick. Um, and I was like, great. I've always wanted to do that. And, you know, I think you nailed it with the vocal performance because I think because the music is so much, you know, such a step away from the original, I wanted mm-hmm. to kind of maintain a little bit of the Jim Morrison-esque vocal performance. Sure. Um, and that was a cool, that was cool to explore that character of my voice. Cause I don't, I, I never really got to use that character uh, in anything else. Um, so we kind of maintained that. And, and if you listen to the song um, you know, we kind of kept, we basically just made the song halftime, but you know, which would make it feel really slow. So then we, this very chaotic double time, like almost industrial beat behind it, which made it feel frantic. So it's like, it kind of created this like hyper ballad, um, which was like, you know, it just came together so quickly. Um, and I remember driving home from Costco, <laughs> I was in Chicago still and I was like, driving home from Costco, I was just like, got done shopping and I had it looping in my head. I could, I was singing it in my head and I could hear that like, that drum beat behind it. I'm like, that would be so sick. And I remember I recorded it into my iPhone and I sent it to everybody. And I was like, you guys think we could do something like this? And like, I think that week we finished it. Like we just started working on it and we're like, yeah, that's, that's awesome. Let's, let's, let's roll with that. So it came together like super fast. Um, uh, as some of the best songs do. And that's just a testament to how well written that song was. Like, it's such a cool song. Well, man, I got to be honest with you. I mean, you know, when it comes to uh, my favorite bands, you know, sure, it's, it's what the things you'd expect. You know, Alice in Chains, Metallica, um, Avenged Sevenfold, you know, the list, <laughs> Clutch. Uh, the, doors oh, are, yeah. the Doors are right up there for me. Um, and I don't know what it is. I think it was listening. I do a morning show on a classic rock station now, APL, but I was listening to that back in the day and hearing songs like L.A. Women and, and People Are Strange and Hello, I Love You. And I just fell in love with it. And the, the whole idea behind the mystique of Jim Morrison was, was always something that was interesting to me um, to the point where, you know, I read the autobiographies and, you know, obviously The oh, Doors, yeah. the movie with Val Kilmer. And, you know, that came I out. I feel when like we I've kids. watched that movie like five times. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's... It, it, to see a band cover the doors, you, you kind of, it's like Pink Floyd, right? It's like, ooh, I don't know, man. Yeah. Um, you gotta stay away from that. Yeah. But you did it. You did it. And you did it uh, in, in a way that sounds fresh and unique. And that, that's pretty awesome. Thank you. Yeah. And, and we felt that too. We were like, should we really do this? Like, is this sacrilegious? I don't know. <laughs> so we're, we're glad that people are, are, are accepting it for, you know, not just trying to do a carbon copy and trying to reimagine it. And, and it's truly out of the love for the doors. Not like we want to, 
make this like new version. It's just like we, we love the doors and we wanted to do it in our own style. Wow. I, I, I hats off, man. Truly. I really enjoy it. Um, okay. So what's, uh, so what's going on with you guys next? Like you got the five songs out. Um, obviously you've written a ton, I'm sure. Uh, yeah. you know, you're going to just keep releasing kind of songs here and there. You're going to wait till you can tour. Like what's so, the plan? <clears throat> yeah. The, the only real reason we were so conservative with the, the releasing of the songs is because we knew we could tour. Okay. Um, now that we know that touring is like coming back, we're going to definitely start releasing more. Uh, and more frequently. And these five songs that we have out now are, are waterfalling into uh, the first EP release, um, which has uh, a few more songs attached to it. Uh, okay. There's there's actually a nine tracks on the EP that we just... Um, oh, come on, man. It's nine tracks. That's an hour. <laughs> yeah, I know. And, and so we were... So because of the time length, we were like having this argument. We're like, should we just call this the album? And then, you know, everyone's like, it was back and forth, like it's the EP and maybe we, you know, add another EP at the end of it and make it a, an album then. But we still don't know. But what, what we do know is we're going to release this EP, uh, <laughs> which is now up for pre-order. Uh, and then we're going to start releasing the rest of the songs and whether that gets attached to that and becomes the album um, or there's a, just another album after that. We don't know, but we have a lot of lot of songs uh that still need released and uh, we're we're stoked to finally feel like we're getting to the light of the end of the tunnel of this you know dare i say pandemic i'm so sick of hearing that word you and me but, both you know i feel like we're getting getting somewhere with it well I, I look forward to hearing it that's for sure but remember you know we talked about punk rock earlier think about I me mean, those guys used to release albums they're 20 minutes long it's a whole album two sides yeah <laughs> you know that's true um that's true Slayer's Rain and Blood always sticks out in my mind because it's like 27 minutes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, for sure. Anyway, uh, okay, so y- you guys are talking about touring then. Um, yep. What is the live pride? I mean, what does the live band look like? Obviously, it's you, Dave, and Pat. Um, yeah. It seems like there's a lot of music going on to be able to pull that off as a three-piece. So so right now, like, we've been really creative with uh, the guitar tones. Like, I'll play bass on a lot of things. Dave will play guitar and then we'll split the signal of the bass and the guitar and we'll put octave effects on them similar to, you know, how Muse or, or Royal Blood would do. So right. the guitars are, are just massive in the mix. Okay. Um, wait, so it, it almost, it almost takes up the frequency range of, of if there was like three other guitar players playing. Um, and then, you know, of course we have, we don't have a keyboard player, so we got to run some synths um, that is triggered all by Pat uh, back on drums. Um, but eventually, you know, we would love to have some studio or some some touring musicians like accompany us on stage just so we can feel feel even more live and have a little more organic, uh, you know, feeling to us. But uh, right now, you know, we're loving just the three of us being together and and just rocking out. And, you know, everything we're playing on stage is live. There is some accompaniment for some from some strings and some synth, but everything we're playing is live. So. Uh, we're going hard, and um, it's it's been a lot of fun as a three piece. I'll tell you that. Well, that's still pretty cool though, because I mean, you're still hitting, you're controlling the sounds live. It's not like, you know, here's this, yeah. and I dare I say tracks and pre recorded stuff or whatever. And, and fine, you know, bands use that, but um, to to how they have to. But that's a pretty interesting way of uh, of handling that, of tackling that. I think. 
yeah it's been it's been fun and like like i said like i'll play bass on some songs dave will play bass mm-hmm. and we switch um and that's just been a lot of fun because i you know as much as i love singing like i love playing guitar yeah and you know i don't i don't really love playing bass but you know if it calls for it i'll do it <laughs> so what happens when you guys get out live and somebody wants to hear emotionless do you play it or do you go nope this is a different thing i think for right now um you know those songs are just going to live with red sun rising. And like I said, I'll probably, I'll definitely play them at acoustic shows. I might yeah. do some full band stuff um, down the road. Uh, but yeah, I, I definitely want to keep them separate. Okay. Um, you know, and, and I think, you know, some of my favorite bands that have multiple, you know, projects, like for example, tool in a perfect circle, you're not going to hear tool play in a perfect circle song. Um, you know, even though Maynard could sing it, it's like, I think they should stay separate. Um, And I'm super proud of Red Sun Rising and everything that we did with it. Um, And those songs still live on. And, um, but, but yeah, the violin is definitely its own thing and I can't wait to, you know, keep building it. Amazing. Well, the violence again, five songs are out. Check out people are strange. The videos out too, which is uh, interesting as well. I mean, it really adds a dynamic to the sound of the song again giving it more of a modern feel i still i can't get over this because it's a song that's 55 years old yeah six years old it's old um i mean that like that's to make that sound like that i i'm again i'm really proud of you and i'm really happy for you um thank you it's it's pretty amazing so again check it out uh mike from the violent dude it's so good to see you yeah man it's it's you know when when that when that came through my email uh, you want to talk to Cutter? I was like, yes, yes, I do. <laughs> it's been a long time. Well, dude, great chatting, and uh, hope to talk to you soon. Absolutely, absolutely. Take care, Mike. All right, later, Cutter. Cutter's Rockcast. Don't forget to tune in. Exactly. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.